Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome in pro wrestling fans to the podcast edition of Busted Open Radio here on a Saturday. I'm your weekend host, Ryan McKinnell. Got the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, across the way. We got a very special Money in the Bank edition of Busted Open Radio for the listeners out there today. Mark, including a little bit of a recap of our man Otis on SmackDown, breaking ladders. So relatable to the big men out there. Uh, I'm excited about what's going to happen when this all comes out and Otis pulls out the big Otis ladder, the heavy-duty reinforced ladder. Let's go. Special, so special, so special. Speaking of special, going to break down a little bit of Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins and hear a little bit of Drew McIntyre from Friday's Busted Open. Get Mark's thoughts on that. And also you're going to hear from Willie Cologne from Barstool Sports Radio over there on our sister station, Sirius XM 85 former Pittsburgh Steeler, Super Bowl champ, and uh, a huge pro wrestling fan, Mark. So uh, what a pleasure it was to catch up with Willie and excited for the listeners to hear from him as well. It's always good to talk to Big Willie. Willie is an unbelievable uh, player in his past and, uh, like you said, a Super Bowl winner and, and is a fan. And I love people that love our business. Absolutely. Willie Gimmon is Mount Rushmore of all-time great pro wrestlers in there, so make sure you stick around for that. And, of course, it wouldn't be a Saturday edition of Busted Open if we didn't give you our weekly winner for our favorite shows in the world of pro, pro professional wrestling, if I could speak, in the week that was. In the week that was, Mark Henry. Uh, if the listeners want to find out, all they got to do, because it was a great week in professional wrestling, all they got to do is sit back, click play, and get it going here on Busted Open Radio. What do you say? Let's get it going. Let's go. Let's go. That's what we do. Last night on SmackDown, we got a full two-hour show, but uh, I think the main takeaway, at least the thing that I was most excited about, is watching this continuating sort of narrative happening with the Otis, the big man. Mark, I mean, <laughs> listen, it's been exciting. We've been talking about this since, I mean, well before WrestleMania. Going into WrestleMania... You know, Otis, Tucky, Mandy, Dolph, Sonya. That was probably, if not the best storyline going into Mania, probably outside of Orton and Edge, one of the best. And it continues to be pretty enjoyable. We saw it last night, Mark, again. You know, Otis in that six-man with uh, Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak. I I think that says volumes about where this company sees Otis going in the future. I wasn't sure how much the WWE believed in this young man, but it looks like Mark, 
by all accounts, the sky's the limit for Otis. I mean, I'm kind of surprised we're saying this, but we knew he had charisma. We talked about it on the show damn near every single yeah. week. It seems like the WWE is invested in him. And, and Mark, it seems like he's getting a serious push. Not, not only that, but everybody wants it. It's like, you know, I remember a long time ago, uh, before Evolution, and Randy Orton was um, colorful, athletic, and able to do everything, but it wasn't Evolution yet, and they pushed him, and it didn't work. And the same thing with Roman Reigns. They pushed and they pushed, but it wasn't time. Otis is a byproduct of what the fans love. And finally, something happens in pro wrestling that's not pushed. It's, 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 not, it's not like, hey, take this and this is what you're going to get. That's an organic Otis, growth. Otis yeah. is a byproduct of organic growth as well as he makes you laugh, but you know he's a serious guy. It's a combina- he's a combination. And, and there's not been many that the fans have pushed for and got it. And I think that's something that the WWE is doing right, and they realize it, that in this time that we're living in right now, more than any that we've experienced in the years past, Sometimes you got to give the people what they want, what entertains them, what makes them happy. And Otis is it. Yeah. You know, you talk about him being, you know, this comedic presence, but also being a serious threat, right? I mean, he, he's got his background in amateur wrestling. He's a true athlete. He's a wrecking machine. He's a big dude. He's a hoss, right? Now, yeah. I think about another big dude, another hoss that obviously had character and had comedic relief. He's my co-host on Busted Open today. That is you, Mark Henry. What parallels do you sort of see between your career and Otis's career? Where do you think they're maybe veering off of that? Do you think they learned a lesson with you? Because I don't, Mark, it felt like it took a while for you to get your flowers, right? To to, to use a to use a, a term, right? Yeah. It, it feels like it's going to Otis a little bit sooner in terms of them realizing, hey, you can also have this comedic relief, but you can also be a Haas and still be a threat. And the people want that like that. I think that maybe that's the more important equation here is that the waking up to the desires of the fans and the understanding that, yes, this can work. I think so. I think that, you know, yes, um, history is a, is a is an unbelievable teacher and. You can go back to uh, me with all of the clowning and joking around and then the sexual chocolate era and right. everything that came with that. And you, the parallel to Otis and, and I both, if you look at us sitting without, in a, not in a wrestling environment, you're not going to look at that guy and go, man, I'm going to walk up and slap him. <laughs> She's just not gonna do it. That's an understatement. <laughs> with, the, with the with the fear of God, he already he already has this toughness that that's right. needed. But when you walk up on them and they smile, you go, "Oh man, this dude must he's a nice guy." And Otis is a smart guy, and. He's not being portrayed as a buffoon, as a, 
a dummy, uh, nothing like that. Like that they've added layers, especially with this whole Mandy thing that we fell in love with from the beginning. We wanted to see the big guy get the pretty girl. Like they they serve in so many masters. And I think that it is unbelievably great that Otis has the ability to have learned from the past and the WWE has learned from the past and said, let's let's do what's right. And this is what's right. And pro wrestling, I don't know if if there's ever been something that was more right, that was more fan approved. Well, I'll tell you what. Then my man Otis. Yeah, I I mean, first glance, or like my 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 immediate recall to terms of in terms I should say of fans maybe having a a presence and having a way that having a the power to shape a narrative. I would go back to Kofi Mania and the Gauntlet matches before uh, WrestleMania that year, where it felt like maybe that wasn't the intent of the WWE when it first started, but things happened. The crowd reacted in a way the, the affirmations were so positive that the company adapted. I think maybe there's a situation of that happening here with Otis. Let me ask you, Mark, as we talk about money in the bank being about 24 hours away on the WWE network, climbing the corporate ladder, Otis, obviously in that match, is he going Going to be able to climb a ladder because last night we saw it, Mark. When uh, the big man got on the steps of the ladder, they started breaking off. And first of all, that was genius, Vince. That was genius. Yes, it was. I love, I love that because Mark, as a big man. Uh, I've broken more than a couple chairs in my life at your, at your, your Midwest yes. picnics or your July 4th or your graduation parties. I would imagine you're in the same boat. Otis, oh, yeah. once again, just how relatable he is to the big men out there. You know what's <laughs> going to be really good is when Otis pulled the first time that everybody's down and Otis goes to pull the ladder out and then he goes, oh, my God. I broke the ladder and then, oh, I got it. And then he goes back under and he pulls out the special Otis ladder. They're going to do it. <laughs> you know they're going to do it. They're going to do machinery, it. Heavy machinery, heavy, heavy reinforced, whatever the case may be. Oh, right? it's going to be, it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> and then he's going to get it together. And, and that's uh, going to be the thing that's going to, you know, the ladder is going to have an identity. That's the thing about pro wrestling that if you can think it, it can be done. And it's about coming up with colorful things that make the fan pop, just like we just both popped. You know, saying that was something that I hadn't thought about until this moment. And that's the beauty that they have all this time. They've had at least three weeks now to dissect it and come up with different scenarios and if they don't use that one, hey, that's that's a strike. That's a strike. You, you, you're missing the boat. Well, we will give our official picks and predictions for Money in the Bank coming up later in the show. But, Mark, I do want to ask you, when you look at that Money in the Bank lineup that – you know, Otis finds himself in. There's some stiff competition. I mean, you have legitimate legends in that match with Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, and AJ Styles. And then you've got some up-and-comers, you know, with King Corbett and Aleister Black. And then, and then you have the wild card, Otis. Listen, I do believe that the WWE likes Otis. I don't know if he's ever going to have a championship push. I have no idea. And I don't know if they have him viewed as money in the bank material, Mark. I'm trying to imagine Otis carrying around the briefcase. And as much as I love it, I don't... 
I don't know if that's somewhere where they're going to go. What chances do you give Otis at walking away the victor on Sunday at Money in the Bank right now? Uh, I, I don't think that there's much of a chance. I think yeah. that um, he's best suited in the role that he's in. Uh, the the championship is going to run through Daniel Brown or AJ Styles. They're the, they're the characters that you can base the show around from beginning to end. And uh, I, I would put my stock in Daniel Bryan. Um, last night, Baron Corbin got his title. That was that was it. <laughs> I was waiting to see who was going to be the guy to climb the ladder last night. And I knew right away that guy wasn't winning. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like it's like touching the, the the conference championship before you win the Super Bowl. Oh man, you can't do that. That's that's a no no. And so it, it 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 narrowed it down to me. But regardless, man, of what decision is made, I'm going to be happy with what I get because I love the industry, and I I, I feel like I can't write it all. And and I'm they don't pay me to they you know I'm 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 paid to analyze and dissect and break down and uh, speculate and that that's what I'm doing I, I'm 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 just going to enjoy myself. Well, speaking of enjoying ourselves and speculating, okay, so Daniel Bryan's the guy who can carry the title, or it's AJ Styles. Either one of them, I like I would. You know how much I would genuinely enjoy a Daniel Bryan and Otis feud from just like a classic babyface, babyface tech, technician versus technician, and that's what I—that's what I love about it. Is Otis is not a technician. Yes, he's part of heavy machinery. That doesn't mean he's a technician. Doesn't make him a mechanic, right? No. But uh, you look at you look at Daniel Bryan. Like the we saw like Daniel's uh, abilities, and we've seen Daniel's abilities for the last decade in the WWE. But his comedic abilities with with Team Hell No and his timing. I mean, he—you could have a seriously fun run with Otis and Daniel Bryan. You can do so much with Otis. Oh, yeah. I I think you're right in in that sense, but I'm looking at it from a um, a network versatility spot. Okay. Do you need a baby face? Do you need a heel? Like a guy that they've used already in a lot of the multimedia, uh, a lot of the appearances, a lot of the upfronts. Um, not saying that Otis is not an upfront guy, but they're the the thing that's selling pay-per-views and selling big shows like WrestleMania, SummerSlam, uh, Daniel Bryan has already been there and is a proven commodity. Mm-hmm. And who are we to go against Vegas when they set the line? <laughs> when like- Vegas sets the line, you go with the line. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Things are looking great for Drew McIntyre. He's making the media rounds. He's he's getting his flowers. He's doing a great job as champion. And that, that step, you know, takes another continuation in about 24 hours against Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank. Uh, sounded like a very interesting conversation with Drew yesterday. It sounds like a lot of people enjoyed it. Uh, you know what? It was. And Drew came across the way that I've always seen him. Um, and it happened kind of by accident. He's, he's got it. He finally got his chance 
to show his personality and the fact that he's not just a big tough guy. Yeah. That he's not just a body guy. That he's very balanced and well-rounded and glib and colorful. And that's the Drew that we're getting. And I said, that, I said this yesterday. There have been some champions that have faded. That you, you don't think, oh, was he a champion? Did he win the championship? There's some guys out of the 129 people. And I think it's actually 130 now that have won the, the, the world championship. And Drew is not going to be one of those guys. We'll remember him. He'll be remembered as a champion. Yeah, oh, yeah, he won the champion. He had a great run. He'll be one of those guys because the real Drew is out now. You get to see him be glib and colorful and do the countdown. He won, two, and he kicks your face off, and everybody explodes, and they feel like they're a part of it. He, he added the world into his, his style, and that is what's memorable. And I'm proud of it, man. It just, it just warms my heart because right before um, this big run happened, and he explains it in the interview. If you can go back on to Sirius XM replays and listen to Friday's show, um, he was like, man, I just don't know what else to do. And I was like, man, you got to find a way to let them see you the way that we see you back here in the, in the back. And he's like, ah, oh, they'll never let me clown and act up. You know, it's just kind of, what it is, I just have to do what I'm told. And I said, no, you don't. And he had the, he had the uh, pleasure of going to the ring with Ric Flair. And he said, hey, Rick, can you give me one of those in introductions, limousine riding, Learjet flying, house on the big hill, conciliating them, hard to keeping these gators down. And Rick said, yeah, if you do that out there, I'll do it. And he did. And to hear him tell that story and how yeah. the crowd ate it up. And then the next, the right people saw it and said, shit, let's let him out there and do some of that. And now he's, he's more colorful and, he, and, and, and that's what got him over. And it's just like, I'm so happy that it happened for him because some guys never find what it is that's going to make them great. Yeah. Well, you talked about that three, two, one Claymore countdown, and it, it kind of sparked something in me because we haven't really gotten to see that. We haven't gotten to see it at all with Drew as being champion and in the way the crowd would react, obviously because of the pandemic. And Mark, that kind of got me thinking. I don't know if there's a more well-positioned member of the WWE roster that when we come back to have, like, listen, we we know the fan base is going to be insatiable when they do return and fans are allowed to go to pro wrestling matches again and to attend live events. And they're going to be excited. They're going to be, it's going to be a whole new appreciation for being even able to attend live events and to be able to voice your, your, your displeasure with the heels, but to more importantly, in the case of this discussion, to voice your support of your favorite wrestlers, that countdown and drew McIntyre are going to be so over when the fans come, 
come back to wrestling because they're going to be so starved and so they're going to be so much desire to cheer yeah. inside them, Mark. And that is such a tailor-made everything. Finish, uh, delivery, everything about Drew McIntyre is rolling right now, and I can't wait till the fans are back. Ryan, I, I really do think that it will rival the Yes Chant. Yeah? The first time that there's a show and you hear Daniel Bryan's music, The Flight of the Butterflies 2.0. Yes, yes. People are going to lose it. They might break sure. windows. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, in whatever the main event is, Drew will be in it. And when that day comes and he puts the hand up mm -hmm. and he goes, three is going to, it's going to be like when um, um, Marshawn Lynch broke that big run about four years ago in Seattle. <laughs> and they said, and this is, I'm not making this shit up. The reaction from the crowd during this run that he made, it registered on the Richter scale. I'm not making it up. That's a true fact. For the vibration of the earth to happen <laughs> <laughs> of something that happened in an arena, they had to lose their ever loving minds. And I think that is what we'll get out of Drew where I hope it's in a big arena. I hope it's somewhere where we're maybe on the, on the East coast, on the West coast. So we can get that Richter scale rating. I want to see it. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. Joining us right now. Well, he's also a pretty, I don't know if he's the world's strongest man, but he's pretty damn strong. Former NFLer, 2006 draft pick out of Hofstra, Super Bowl champ with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Also spent some time with the Jets. He is now a host over there on Barstool Radio, Barstool Breakfast, Willie Cologne. What's up, man? Hey, How you doing? What's going on, boys? What's going on? Oh, What's man, that? we happy to have you on, man. It's, <laughs> as we go way back. Uh, from the times that I've seen you in Pittsburgh, you know, yes, you always came to the WWE shows and represented and, and we got to hang out a little bit. Yeah, man. I always enjoyed it. It's, it's, I tell everybody hanging out with you is, it makes me feel like I found one of my tribesmen to sit down at a bar and have somebody's back as wide as yours feels, feels comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one thing we know about here on the show. Willie is uh, big boys, big bodies There's something to be said for the round bellies and that love for food. It just makes the world a better place. Like I completely relate when you, when you, all right, listen, before we get you know into there's this, there's going to be some food talk on here. Well, well no yeah, question. No uh, question. inevitably we will get to food. <laughs> you, talk, you but it is breakfast. <laughs> it, I would say, it is a pro it is a pro wrestling show though, Willie. So before we get going, I gotta get your Mount Rushmore of pro wrestlers, your favorite top four greatest pro wrestlers of all time. Let's go. Put you on the spot. Oh, uh, uh Macho Man Randy Savage. Okay. Um uh, you gotta go uh, uh me and my brother are big Lee's uh L O D fans, so we gotta go Animal Hawk. That's who we love. Uh so that's three right there. 
And, uh, no, you can, Henry, we'll count that as one. Since it's a tag team, we'll count that as one. Uh, so you got LOD, two more. So LOD for sure, Ultimate Warrior. Uh, and then you got to go Mark Henry, man. With my oh, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. I made it. I finally yeah, made man. it. That's the, first Mount, baby. that's the first Mount Rushmore I've ever been on. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'll take it. Look at it. Look at me how I'm sitting. <laughs> Flexing on him. <laughs> Come on, man! Sexual chocolate, baby. He gave a lot oh, of big man. brothers. He made a lot of brothers feel good at, at, at DXLs and bigger talls, man. He gave us confidence, <laughs> man. <laughs> See, I'm 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 the past Otis. Otis is the new me. Okay, he's making all the big guys feel good about themselves. Yeah, we need it, man. We can't fit none. So you see another big and doing it well and wearing it with some swag, man. He's like, man, I, I could if he could do it, I could do it, man. Yes, so. sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, Otis breaking ladders last night on SmackDown. I don't know if you caught that, Willie, but uh, yeah, man, they're really playing up that big boy effect. So we got money in the bank going down tomorrow night. What do you think? Do you think Otis has that championship swagger? You think he's got that championship mentality of the Super Bowl winner? You think the uh, the WWE can get behind Otis in that way? What do you think happens in that match? You know, think about. It, I think you know one thing. One thing Mark did really well, man. As far as being a big wrestler, it's all about entertainment, man. Yeah. Sometimes I think when you're a big wrestler or a kind of a mammoth guy, not mammoth in like the Yokozuna type way, but sometimes you got to not only sell your your size, but you got to sell the entertainment. And I think he does really well. The WWE can get behind that, and like how they got behind Mark and make him put him on a pedestal. Where like, hey, man, he's the next wave. You need to watch out then why not, right? And, I, and sometimes when a guy's that big, you really want to see him not only entertain, but his athleticism. And the guy looks like he has, he's the total package. And listen, we haven't had a, a guy who kind of can bring it to the ring like Mark did in a while as far as just, just kind of that brute force. I'm, I'm, I'm before, I'm, I'm all over it, man. He's a strong guy too. Otis is uh, 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 Olympic caliber wrestler as well. So it's like he, he really don't have a weakness. Uh, I mean, vertically challenged. You know, but outside of that, but you know what, man, Ivan Pusky, when I grew up, Ivan Pusky was, um, uh, you know, 5'11", 300 pounds. And when Polish power came to the ring, baby, you knew he was about to go, it was about to go down. (laughs) And and it didn't matter that people were, you know, Hulk Hogan was 6'6", 6'7", or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ivan made everybody get to their knees, and then he had his way with them. And when he did that off the ropes, spinning Polish axe, it was over. It's he all put about dudes to bed. Yeah. And I yeah, think man. Otis is just the same thing. It, it doesn't matter uh, because of his strength and athleticism. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, one thing about when you watch wrestling, man, some of the greats always have it, the presence before they hit the ropes. If you walk down that ramp and your presence starts speaking for itself, you know, you you seen like the Undertaker or or a goddamn Stone Cold or the Rock. Their presence alone, when you sitting down on the bed, you watch them like, oh shit, it's about to go down. It's you know going I mean? down. Like, this, that presence, <laughs> man. If you can bring that, man. That's 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 everything. Yo, Willie, you were talking about obviously, you know, 
as we're on the subject of athletic big men, you think about Otis. Uh, I go back to seeing Warren Sapp playing in 2000 for the Buccaneers at Soldier Field um, when he was really, you know, I mean, he was always a great player, but I mean, he was really in his prime then. I remember him getting in his in his stance and his belly almost like dragging off the <laughs> blades of the grass. But then when that ball was hiked, I have never in my life seen a faster human being. I, I, it was yeah. it was ungodly. Like truly, I have never seen anything like it. Listen, man, you played in the league. You're the Super Bowl champ. I'm very curious, like when you think about it, like big athletic men that maybe you didn't necessarily play with. Maybe you played against them. Maybe you heard about stuff. Maybe they had, you know, urban tales and legends that lived about them from your era. Who was the most athletic big man that you you, you kind of uh, found yourself around? Oh, man. You see, people don't understand, like, the thing about Warren Sapp, Warren, I, I'll get to you, because the thing about Warren Sapp, man, he was a tight end. He got recruited to Miami. So he he was already a naturally big, fast guy. And as he got to the league, he just was able to kind of keep the weight and still have that same type of explosion. When I got to the league, I didn't play like today's NFL, their defensive alignment, a little more shorter, a little more compact, extremely quick to Aaron Donalds. Um, who else? The list goes on as far as more Khalil Mack. I mean, Khalil he's a Mack. linebacker, but yeah, he lines up. But I was going against guys like John Henderson, Marcus Straub, uh, big baby Sean Rogers. Uh, I even told... I even told Mark this when he jumped on my uh, podcast, going, going, uh, not going deep, uh, two, uh, two bigs podcast. Uh, I went against his cousin Sam Adams. Sam Adams was a mountain of a man, but his feet <laughs> was ridiculous. Like he, you understand, for a defensive line, you got to be able to switch your hips, and he can switch his hip as, as, as for as big as he was. He, I mean, if he ever, if he ever wanted to be a stripper, he'll be be a damn good stripper because he was athletic, he could bend, <laughs> he was flexible, and he yeah. was just a mountain of a man. I remember when he played for the Bengals is when I played against him, uh, and I remember looking up at him. I was like, "How is this a human being? How like he looked like he was created out of a factory?" But sure enough, he could run to the he ball. Was. He, yeah, he 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 can he can move to different gaps, and he was a. He, but the most athletic as far as big big man was Haloti Nada for me. Loading out wow. from Baltimore Ravens was, I mean, you talk about strength, size, quickness, mean, didn't give a shit, just all out hell on wheels. Um, Haloti not. And I tell, I tell a lot of people, people like to ask me, like, what were my days like in the league? I was like, for me, um, you know, going against Haloti, when you go, like, everybody in the league has kind of a superpower. Either you're really strong or you're really quick or you're sure. smart. You know, like the X-Men. <laughs> right. Like my, my, my superpower, so, so to speak, was I was really strong and I had really good feet. I wasn't really tall compared to other tackles and guards, but I, 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 could, I could dominate with my strength and feet. You know, he, Haloti not had all that. He had everything. And to the point where I was just like, well, I guess I just got to fight you. I just got to fight your ass. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I'm out of superpowers. Now, now I got to depend on these salt and pepper shakers to season your ass up. So uh, that's that was that was a little inside of Baltimore and uh, Pittsburgh robbery. Yeah, that's awesome. Man, you know, I'm going to tell you something like an inside thing, like, you know, with the, the Adams, the Youngs, and the Henrys. Like, you know, I, I'd say that my son, Jacob, he don't have a choice but to be uh, a dominant athlete because he's had – professional athletes on all four sides of his family. Mm -hmm. um, but Sam played behind my brother at a &M. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. That's, that's it was crazy, man. Like, it was – my brother recruited both of us to go to A&M. And when I got out of the car and the they took us to this place called the Dixie Chicken. 
I was like, I am not fucking coming here. Like, <laughs> why are we here? And they were like, this, this is it? Yeah. This, this is it. And they were like, yeah, this is I was like, no. Well, this ain't for no. me. It's not for me. <laughs> Sam was like, so I'm going to get to play a, a – they ran a 50 defense. Mm-hmm, so Sham, Sam wanted to play – he wanted to play nose, a shade nose. Yeah. So he was like, I'm coming. This is the only place where they're allowing <laughs> me to play 50. And um, I was more of a 46 guy. I wanted to play the two technique in a 46. Right, right, and, right. <laughs> and shout, out, was like, shout out Buddy Ryan and the Chicago Bears. Just going just gonna to oh say that. God, Bear down, baby. Let's you, go. Listen. It would have been my dream to play for Buddy Ryan, man. He was having I mean, another ass just, just to put you on the on the shoulder of the of the center so I can like reach out and punch a guard. Well, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna broke my Kodak. It's <laughs> getting a little you too into really, it here on this Saturday. You know, I, I could I could I could get there. Once I got that hand, I was man, I'm talking about I was this far away from the, from yeah, the breathing I mean, breathing down his throat. I can smell his breath. I'm like, come on, man. You need a brush, man. You need a brush. But yeah. I would get my hand on him, and I just wait on the guard. Because when I played, you know, I'm I'm a lot older. Um, right. When I played, if you were even if you was engaged, somebody could cut you below the waist. Yep. That rule didn't come in until yeah, '92 or '91. So guys would chop me, and I I would just you know my job was to make a big pile in the middle. <laughs> So I would get a hand on a guard, hand on the center, and shit, we was going to the ground. Bring the whole world out. You gotta run that shit around us. But now, you know, it's it's football is different. You know, I I I love it anyway. But it's a polo um, fight on Sundays. Yeah, man, it's 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 a little different. <laughs> hey Willie, let me ask you before we get you on out of here. We appreciate the time, Willie no, Cologne, Bar- Barstool Breakfast, P- Pittsburgh Steeler, Super Bowl champ. Uh, listen, obviously the schedules were just released a couple days ago. We got a new team here in Vegas. Well, new, sort of new. Obviously, the Raiders kicking off. Hopefully, it's going to be with fans. That's what I'm concerned with. I want to cover this opening season here. I have a local show here in Vegas. I want to be, you know, I want this to be everything it's supposed to be, Willie. And I know. F- obviously the current times, everything's chaotic. Everything's still moving. We don't know what's going to happen. What do you think is going to happen with this NFL season? Do you think we're going to have fans? Do you think they should? What's your whole view on this whole pandemic and Roger Goodell and the NFL going forward? You know, man, it's, I've had this discussion with some of my uh, guys who I used to play with. And obviously some guys that still play, you want the fans there just because they, it's, that's a whole new element. That's an element to the right. game. It's hard. You know, for instance, I, I remember I was watching recently, uh, I think it was an NBA game or a WNBA game when nobody was on the court. And it, all you heard was squeaky-ass sneakers. If you, if you have a football game with no fans, you don't hear a lot of collision. You don't hear a lot of cussing. You don't hear a lot of people throwing <laughs> walls. You don't, hear, you don't hear a lot of stuff that the average yeah. fan wouldn't hear. Um, and people are already scared of football. So I think – if they really hear what goes on on the field, that's going to add another le- uh, element to fear to football. Uh, so for me, having the fans there, I know they talked about having a seat between every fan. I know that was something they were thinking yeah. about. Um, but I, 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 I would like to see the fans get back. But I, I'm, I personally won't be in the stands till they figure out a vaccination or something. I just can't afford yeah. it. Yeah. I got a young baby boy I got to protect. Uh, it's But – I can see why fans are itching to get back. I know the NFL needs to get back. Um, how they go about doing that, it's going to be interesting. But what do you a, think about music? 
what do you they mean? do at the basketball games. You go to an NBA game and they play music and have a, a MC, you know, basically doing, you know, little spots all over yeah. the stadium. Like you're gonna have to have somebody that's gonna talk through that the the not lack of noise and yeah, they, cover they kinda, up the the, yeah, the MFers and some bitches. <laughs> right, they kind of do it already, but. It's different. Like every, you gotta say, when you watch you shit, you watch football. Every time there's a break or there's a timeout or something, it goes right to commercial. They go right to a crowd or somebody either pouring popcorn down their mouth or somebody drinking. You know what I mean? It's all about the fans. And so, if the fans aren't a part of that, now what are you gonna look at? It's just there's already too many commercials in football. You're gonna add extra commercials. So it's it's hard to fathom not fans not being there. I know the players want the fans there because. The kickoff, uh, kickoff to the NFL season is like a holiday. It is. I mean, people get jazzed up. Tailgates are rocking and rolling. Girls are wearing crop tops. Uh, it's sunny. Word, everybody's word. feeling good. <laughs> everybody's feeling good about the start of the you know school year is about to begin for a lot of uh, people. Uh, so not having a fans there is going to be really weird, and it's going to be a downer for a lot of teams because a lot of teams depend on the crowd noise to either get them going or or to be an uh, obstacle for the opposing team. So. Um, I don't I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. It's going to be weird. I think the fans should be allowed in. Uh, but I, absolutely, I don't think it should be at full capacity. You got to have some safety, uh, a part of the, you know, the, the new year. There you go. Yeah. Willie Cologne, Barstool Radio on Sirius XM 85. That's where you can find him. Willie, man, we appreciate the time. Glad Thank to, you, man. That, was a, that was a hell of a Mount Rushmore. Enjoy uh, money in the bank on <laughs> Sunday. And, and man, wash your hands, stay safe out there and, and take care of your family, man. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, big bro. All right. Thank you, bro. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. It is time in hour two for our weekly winner where we give you the best show in the world of professional wrestling, at least seen through our eyes and Mark, I'm going to start this week and I am going to just say this about weekly winner this week. Oh my God. What an incredibly difficult decision to make now. Uh, Monday night raw SmackDown. Okay. They were fine. I, I, they were fine. They were, they were, they were fine shows. I don't have anything super over the top or glowing to say about either one of them, but Wednesday, which has kind of been the theme of weekly winner now since October. And we started doing this. Uh, Wednesday was unbelievable trying to choose between AEW and NXT and who had the better show, especially as I find myself leaning NXT. And I think about Karrion Cross's debut and that entrance and the lip syncing with Scarlett. Oh my God. There was, there was a lot to love about NXT, but I cannot remove myself from what I saw on AEW, that main event, that tag match, with Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega versus the uh, sex gods of uh, Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho, what they were able to do with that, the off the cuff nature of it, the, the lasting memorable moments, the, the little bit of comedy, the, the huge spots that had people holding their breath. And let's not forget Mark. I mean, uh, for me as a nineties kid is growing up during the golden era to see Jake, the snake, bring a snake back out and put it on Brandy Rhodes and then like simulate hump her body. Yes, 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 yes. 
I loved that show so damn much. I just, I can't get away from AEW. That might've been the best show I've seen all year. So it's, it's getting my weekly winner this week for, for those reasons and so many more. What a, what a great Wednesday in pro wrestling. I'm curious to uh, what you got to say about that. You know what? I, I thought it was, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I you all right over there? Show. Need to, need to, need to call a doctor. No, listen, no doctors. <laughs> what you was it, Francois? We need to, call, we need to get... call Francois. <laughs> Francois, I fix it. I fix it. <laughs> we that goes get, back to last we week. If you missed it, on. Mark Mark telling a great story about former WWE doctor, Francois. Yeah, we got to get D'Lo on and uh, <laughs> ask him about his interactions with, with Francois. But... Um, Oh man! Uh, nonetheless, I, I I was I was really impressed with, uh, you know, all four shows this week. Um, this was the closest that I've ever had. I had a three way tie uh, between AEW, uh, Raw, and SmackDown, and I had to give NXT the nod. Uh, primarily because of the introduction of Cross, as well as um, your um, the cruiserweight title means something. It, it to me, it just felt like the matches meant more, okay. and the actual matches, even though they may not have had the star power of Jake the Snake and. The having the the the, the sexy, <laughs> you know, like the name power of the guys. Uh, I still thought that the show was better. Um, I like the fact that they were in the stadium and they were outside and they had pyro, but that that didn't the 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 people in the crowd. You know, I, I was confused by that too. You're confused I was by like, the who the, who the who were the, the people that. Yeah, I was like, who are these people? Who is the the old guy they kept referring to? And how about uh, the dude with his kids in the masks? Did you catch them? Who like who were they? It looked like they actually had some fans like watching. Right, they did. And I'm like, I can't I can't (laughs) co-sign for that. (laughs) But but nonetheless, a three-way tie means three losers. And uh, first place. Killer Cross. Well, you're not going to get the argument for me. Like I said, I was going back and forth on that. That debut for Cross, for Karrion Cross, Killer Cross, Kevin Cross, whatever you want to call the man. Um, you know, I was talking to the wife about it because she saw Cross come up here in Vegas. He's a Vegas product. He wrestled for FSW, Future Stars of Wrestling out here. And uh, we got to watch him kind of grow into the role that he's growing. In. And we, we we're just we're just seeing the start of it, Mark. But. I just, there's an intensity with him. There's a believability with Cross. And I just can't stress enough how happy I am to have seen that debut and the way that he was presented. Mark, it is not often in this business, and you know this as well as anyone, where you get a rocket strapped to your back immediately in your very first moments. I mean, his first introduction was attacking Ciampa. Okay, pretty freaking huge in terms of NXT, right? Now you debut and you get the smoke and you get this like Undertaker sort of like dead serious production. Like I was just blown away and very, very pleased that it looks like, Mark, the WWE is heavily invested in Carry on Cross, and I am all for it. 
Yeah, I, I I thought that it was it was great, you know, and I love the I love Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre on on Monday, um, but when it came down to it, um, bro, it was really hard for me not to uh, give NXT the nod uh, as much as you know, just like you, I'm a Jake the Snake Roberts guy from a little kid. Yeah, but um, you know, you you look at um the power of um, uh, Dr. and Gargano and the story that, that is match. told like in, and you give the introduction of cross, um, you know, but like I said, the cruiserweights, the, they, it meant something. Those matches, they, they were for something you had to, you're winning and losing decided whether or not you went on and I, I I had to give it to him. I, I wasn't a, a big fan of the uh, uh, Chelsea Green and and Zali as much as you know. I love Zali. Um, she kind of got I her wish, ass kicked. Yeah, it's like yeah. you gotta do. We gotta do better. We can't just have filler. That was what. It, yeah, what'd you think about like a filler? What'd you think about Charlotte Neo and then uh, obviously Dream and uh, Cole? What's what's next for Dream specifically after taking an L to Cole in the main event? Because I thought that was pretty interesting. You know what? I didn't expect that. I, I no, thought either. that um, uh, it would be a no contest somehow. I, mm-hmm. I, I was was not expecting a finish, but um, it is what it is. We got what we got, and uh, I shoot Charlotte was. You know, I thought it was fine. I mean, there was nothing wrong with it. Well, and Rhea Ripley and Rhea Ripley came back. Yeah, and then you get a comeback. So I mean, yep. it's like it was. There was a lot to the show that you know I had to give them the nod. But you know what, man, it it hurts a little bit because of the Jake Snake factor and, this, and well. pulling. The, and I I I kind of like the, you know had one eye open. And I was like, please don't bite. Because ever since, I'm going to tell you, I'm a kid. Macho, right? Right? Ever since that snake bit Savage. Yep. Like, <laughs> I, I just, it's hard for me to watch. And 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 I'm serious. Like, every time. No, I'm, I'm laughing kid, because I can see you. And, like, there is, like, a legitimate, like, tinge. I don't want to say fear, but, like, concern or, like, PTSD. Like, you're, you're, you legit got serious there talking about Jake the Snake biting, or the snake biting uh, Savage. Oh my God, man. It traumatized me. Like from then on, I could not watch. Whenever the snake got introduced, <laughs> hands over the eyes. Hands over the eyes. Just let me know when it's over, guys. Just let me know when it's over. And I know the match is over. And then they, they said implications. Uh the the way the snake was laid across, and I went, Oh, I'm never I'm not gonna watch. And I didn't see much after that when when the when they started talking about he was putting the snake on Brandy. You didn't see any of that? Done. I didn't see none of that. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Are you serious? I swear to you God. didn't watch it? I so did, you I didn't see him it. like so you didn't see him like simulate hump brandy like he sort of like made no. like a little bit of a gyration? Nope. Okay. Didn't see none of that. All right. So I don't okay. So <laughs> there was a you lot know of I talk. don't like horror movies and scary shit. You know I don't. <laughs> don't don't even guess- think for one second. That I'm gonna indulge in watching. You know, I told you, it wasn't really a horror movie. I was such a fan of James Roday that he in in like 2014 he made a movie called Gravy. 
And I was able to watch it because I had somebody that I truly trusted and truly <laughs> liked. This is hilarious. Say, Mark, it's not a horror movie. It's a, um, it's a grotesque uh, comedy, if you will. Kind of like zombie. Like, yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm going to watch, man. But if it scares me one time, fucking punching your teeth out. And I watched it. Didn't get scared once. There was a couple of scenes where I went, oh, oof. that was heavy. But outside of that, it was great. And I, I said, that's another movie, Gross Point Blank and Gravy, that James Roday wrote and produced in 2014 you go on youtube and pull them up that's what i've been doing in my spare time whenever i get an hour or two consecutively i've been watching movies man it's just what i've been doing wow every time i'm reminded that mark henry is just a big scaredy cat when it comes to horror movies and snakes oh stop it spiders i'm not a scaredy cat i just don't like scary stuff it's it's endearing, Mark. It's endearing. You're talking about Drew McIntyre letting the audience see him for who he really is. Let's let's come on, man. Let's show Mark Henry for what he is. He's a you know he's a, he could be. This is know, about but you, but you also have an arsenal. Show. I was to say you also have an arsenal. So if you bring the snakes and the and the spiders and you scare Mark Henry, you better yeah. bring well, a, fl- a flamethrower too. <laughs> he's he's ready to go. Don't even <laughs> mention spiders. Oh man. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> too good it's too good all right that is our weekly winner for this week in pro wrestling nxt taking it for mark henry aew taking it for myself but for the pro wrestling fans out there you all took it you all enjoyed what was a truly special week in the world of pro wrestling it was it was especially given the circumstances talent promotions Everybody just keeps stepping up to deliver us, the fans, with a, a quality product. And uh, haven't been more, I don't know if I've been more proud to give a weekly winner out than the one I am this week. It felt real good. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156, the Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.